Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights. I'm here with Jay Baker. He has his own museum. It's a Yankee museum for the big five. So it's Ruth and Garrick and DiMaggio and Mantle, and he added Jeter. He's got great stuff, and he's in his 80s, so he's trying to think what's next. He's got an exhibit, and I was making some suggestions of how he could help interest in our hobby, because he's got some fabulous items. I thank sponsors, Topps Panini, Upper Deck, Heritage Auctions, Huggins Scott Auctions, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Burbank Sports Cards, CompC.com and Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication. I, I had a good time talking to Jay, a more vintage guy, but he does add the Jer- Derek Dieter stuff. But some of these Yankee things he has from Ruth and Gehrig and DiMaggio and Mantle are just spectacular. So I hope I can get to Naples to see it, or maybe it'll rotate around. So thanks, Jay, and thanks, listeners. Here it is. Stuff. Eventually, it's, it's going to be on permanent display. It sounds like that's your desire. Yes. That is my desire. I don't want to see it broken up and, and sold. I put it in a charitable foundation. You could sell it off, but that would be 25 years of sweat and tears building something that's probably the best Yankee collection of all time. You'd hate to not have people have the right to see that, okay? And I would feel bad that we spent all this time and effort and worked that hard on it for it not to have a place where people can see it and really enjoy it. Fortunately, we don't need the money. What about the, the the New York Yankees? We talk to them a little bit. They don't have much stuff there. And what they get, they just borrow it from other people. So they don't have a lot. One time I did get to Steinbrenner's office and he had nothing there, basically. And when you see things there, people lend it to them and they don't own much. So I'm not sure that would ever work because they don't own anything. But they don't have that vision right now that it could be you know, when I sold my company, 17 years ago now, I kept the cards. I kept the memorabilia. So the company, I said, I'm just going to keep the cards and the memorabilia and the art and stuff like that because those aren't income producing assets. It's just stuff that's there. And they said, sure. Okay. Just hold on to it. Just keep it. (laughs) You made a pretty good move. Okay. But what I mean is that they didn't have that vision, just like the Yankees don't have the vision that even though your items, they know they're spectacular, but they're short-sightedly thinking, what does that do for us? When in reality, it could be a, an electromagnet for drawing people into their storied franchise and at the stadium, all the different things. In the days of visual omnipresent photography and social media sharing, you, you have killer items that they should be very interested in. Well, I've never whether they monetize it fully or not. I thought about that. I've never got to the top people there. And I've been in touch with some and they said, we'll send pictures or something. And I said, that's not going to work. Either come down and see it. I probably didn't talk to the right person. The the beauty of it is that now you've got your museum where these things are shown to their greatest advantage. And uh, hopefully you're going to get a a great- Yeah, we're doing good. You don't have a problem. You have an opportunity. I'm just curious if you haven't thought about having traveling, rotating, because you have so many fabulous items that could be parceled up into a, a traveling exhibit yeah. at some major a friend of mine museums. told me about this. A guy, and if I'm that were managed, you wouldn't have to have a permanent housing, but you don't, like for me, I've got cards, but you've got a uh, hundred items that are absolutely world-class iconic things. Not that you're going to put them in a container, but it's it not going to take up that much room that you couldn't move them around to the major museum. I have a friend that's talked to me about that. Somebody I respect very much and who understands this business very well. And he said the same thing to me. So I have a lot to think about. This is great just to see so far. People have just enjoyed it so much. It's my 
selfish interest, even though I'm advising you to consider that, because it's positive for this whole hobby and industry of collecting sports items, cards, memorabilia. For every person that's going to go to Naples, there's 10 or 100 that are going to be in New York City or Chicago oh, or LA or San Francisco. And I'd love to see, because this is such a positive breath of fresh air for the, like you're saying, it's evoking uh, emotions that most men don't know they have. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's mind-boggling. I'm getting this information. Men saying they cry. Men don't cry. If they do, you don't see them. <laughs> she can cry. So, yeah, this, him, but... this is opening my eyes, and then I have to think down the road. You're still acquiring. I, I understand. Yeah, you. I'm still buying. It's harder now for two reasons. One, there's less out there, and there are more people interested in it. No, I just got an interesting thing the other day. It's a uh, a letter uh, written by Babe Ruth to the back company saying with his different, like six signatures in 1918. Yeah. That's amazing. So I just got that. And I didn't know what was the right price. We thought about it and I got it. I think, you know, it was very expensive, but less than I thought it was going to go for. There weren't that many bidders. Then I just got home plate about six months ago from 1923 to 73. This was incredible. It's one of the big things that people look at and love in, in the museum. This is all those guys other than Jeter touched that many times. You like to trade. Is it in, in? I haven't traded anything yet either. A couple of times we nearly traded something, but it didn't happen. So I haven't as of now traded anything. And I really don't sell anything. I'm on the Carol Ripken Senior Board for a long time. And sometimes I give them some for their own. So I've given some stuff away like the charity that way, especially stuff that didn't fit into my collection anymore. And Cal's an incredibly wonderful person and right. they do a hell of a lot of good stuff. And what's the biggest draw of your big five? Is it still Babe Ruth? Yeah, I think it's a combination. Maybe it's Ruth and Mantle. So it's by the age of the person. Yeah, I think so. And we don't have the youngest population here, but they get more younger people. So Jeter is very important, but he wouldn't be the number one, even though a lot of people have seen him because people go back in their memories. So for me, I grew up with Mickey Mantle. So he'll always be my favorite player. I think for two reasons. One, because he was great. And secondly, he could have been the greatest, maybe. So you always look at a guy that he got hurt. And so he lost that great speed. He also drank a lot. He didn't take such great care of himself. And he still was spectacular. And then people just loved him, gravitated toward him. At first, they hated him as taken over for DiMaggio. But then he became probably today. He, Ruth is the most valuable person. Everybody knows Babe Ruth. But I think Mickey's probably too. Garrick was such a great player. But his most famous thing is that he had that disease. Isn't that crazy, though? <laughs> you know, how great he was. But Ruth was bigger than life. and He was not bigger than life. But when he got that disease, he everybody remembers him now. And of course, the Maggio was always great. Some books were written later in life, a little bad publicity. Well, it's hard me. to think about walking around. You were a CEO. A lot of people want your time and things like that. But, but the Joe DiMaggio, the people hitting on him and expecting him, I, I just think it got tough. I think that's people a thing. grabbing on you. And, Some uh, people can do it like Babe Ruth would do it. Yeah, the personality yeah. for it. Yeah, he was unique. Certainly Derek didn't have it. Uh, DiMaggio didn't have it. And Mantle, to some degree, had it. Jeter definitely has it. He's got a, a terrific personality, and he's an amazing guy. Who's the greatest Yankee pitcher of all time? This is a trick question for you. The guy who sent his life at the Yankees would be Whitey Ford. So Whitey Ford's a Hall of Famer, and he only pitch for the Yankees. You have Roger Clemens and you have other people like that. Uh, no, the best trick. pitcher of all time was Babe Ruth. 
Could have been. But Mariano Rivera certainly deserves some consideration. Yeah, he was probably, you know, he's he's probably the greatest pitcher that the Yankees have. But Ford was a money pitcher for sure. He was great. You know, his time and all the World Series, they won. And he was the guy that you needed to pitch. He was the guy. Yeah. But you're right. Rivera, he's the greatest reliever of all time. And maybe someday somebody will come break the record. But it's going to take a long time to break that record. It's like Tom Brady retiring. Who's going to break his record? He said that about 714 home runs, too. So, (laughs) Yeah, he was a pitcher, what, for six years. Is that correct? The last year he hit 30 home runs or something, but he basically hit no home runs. So for five years, add 30 or something more, he would hit 900. So he's still the greatest home run hitter of all time. He was the most dominant home run hitter of all time. He hit more home runs than the rest of the league put together. Yeah, think about it. Was that crazy? That's just... yeah. So it's all different eras. Once the Jackie Robinson thing came and you integrated baseball and that night game did all that. So it's a different world. But if you look at the world he was in, he was the greatest, right? Weren't anybody. Lou Gehrig was the closest thing to him. (laughs) It's amazing. I have stuff I just got. That's from 1918, right? I have his contract to the Yankees. I have his contract from Boston in 1918. I have a pendant. From the 1916 World Series, Boston Red Sox World Champions, George H. Ruth. These things are all over 100 years old. It's amazing. That's in spectacular shape. I might be the only person that has, and I have a World Series ring, watch, or pendant, or whatever, from every year the Yankees have won the World Series. It took me a long time. It was like 27 or so few, and I got Miller Huggins ring, which is phenomenal. I have a team signed ball from every year up until the last couple have been... It's hard to get team signed balls now because they all got their agents. It's like in the old days, they would sign stuff. And, and now everybody, all the stars have their own agents. They don't want to sign stuff. You don't get many team balls anymore. It's a shame. Is there any holy grail, anything that you haven't gotten yet that, that you're looking for? There are a few. That I don't know if they exist. Babe Ruth won one MVP, but no one's ever seen it. I don't know if it exists. So would that be great? It was wild. He only won one. There's the greatest player of all time. He won one. Because I think in those days, if you won one, you couldn't win another. I, you remember? So Lou Gehrig, there are two more out there. We know where one is, but it's a person like There's also Lou Gehrig's uniform when he gave his famous speech. I think a Japanese person owns it. I don't think he'll ever sell it. I do have to have them, which is we knew where it was. And sometimes it happens that the person was then ready to sell it. They wanted to do something else with the money. So I did get the hat, which is incredible. But then out of the blue, I got home plate. I never even thought about home plate. It's one of the most precious things that I own came out of the blue. This letter now from 1918, never heard of that. I got at Christie's not long ago, a letter that uh, Joe DiMaggio wrote to Marilyn Monroe apologizing for something. That's the only letter that Joe ever wrote to her. There were letters from Marilyn. So these things are like amazing and they come out of the blue. And uh, so you really don't know. But those few things, would they exist. Wow. Can you imagine getting Babe Ruth's most valuable trophy <laughs> or whatever it is? I probably have the best Yankee collection. So what would you do with it if you owned it? My mission statement in life used to be bringing order out of the chaos, which I uh, put a dent in some of that. But now it's to influence the influencers. And so when I'm out and about, and especially in this industry, I want to encourage things that can make the industry bigger and better. You've got these uh, fabulous items that just need to be shown. 
And I'm glad you're not interested in busting it up and selling not the highest bidder, but that just needs to be displayed. And, and it may be too important to just be only in one location. If you let the Yankees have it for a month, just to see what they could do, I bet they would just... They well, I'm not against the Yankees. I guess part of it is me. I don't know the Steinbrenners. We've tried to meet people and stuff. And, and I have talked to the guy who does the exhibits for them. Somebody introduced me to him. So they know I have it. A short-term loan. Proof, proof of concept. Because... I just well, you think, can't. They only take so much, but yeah, they could. Yeah, I would. Consider no, but uh, they shouldn't be dictating terms to you. <laughs> you no, should, I know that. You should be telling them, "Here's how this could work." No, I understand that. No, I, I don't need anything from them. Be wonderful. It's probably my fault. I haven't gone. The only guys that talk to, I guess, are that. the Steinbrenners. They make the decisions, and you talk to other people, and not much has happened. So maybe that's something. I'm sure some somehow there are people like anybody else. So I'm sure you can get in touch with them. You have something that's rare and uh, desirable and unique, and you have a whole bunch of items like that that that, <laughs> if, that you put into a cohesive lot that I hope uh, generates a lot of traffic for your museum down in Naples. And then the next steps are: I just think there's got to be a next place where this stuff is. Show well, having it all back here is nice in one way, but it really now that we're getting this great feel of people loving it. Yeah, I hope there'll be some museums making you offers for a temporary or we'll rotating listen. exhibit where they'll now that I've had this success with it and see what can be done. I agree with you, and yeah, it's something I would consider. What we realize now, especially with fanatics coming in and making a big splash in the card market. Yeah, for sure. Their goal is to create more collectors that have interest in yeah. sports, memorabilia, cards, apparel, everything. And so if that happens, then there's going to be more demand and more interest. And not that you need to have your items be more in demand or higher priced, but more people will be interested in seeing it. And a great position it's to be interesting. in. This is not Yankee country, Naples. Most of the people are from the Midwest and there are New Yorkers, but it's a small amount. Everybody yeah, either loves or hates the Yankees. There's no neutrality. <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, it's been wonderful, the acceptance to this. I have to say it. Thanks, Jay. The man